You're listening to Homebound for Adventure, helping O&M students stay connected and engaged while quarantined. My name is Tracy, and I'm your host. Hello, hello, and welcome to the second official episode of Homebound for Adventure, where in every episode we explore how to develop and maintain exciting O&M skills, even when you're stuck at home. Based on the response I got from last week, it seems like we at least have a few listeners out there. I want to give a big shout out to Charles, Misty, Doug, Mohammed here in Vancouver, Crystal over in Eastern Washington, Sue from Snohomish, Robin in Seattle, and I'm proud to say we have already crossed the river into Oregon as well. So I want to say a special hello to Zoe in Portland, and last but certainly not least, hello to Turbo Man in the bustling metropolis of Tualatin. Thank you all so very much for listening and reaching out to me with your thoughtful emails, phone calls, and text messages. You are all rock stars. And judging off the number of podcast downloads from last week, I do know there are quite a few more of you out there, and I hope to hear from each and every one of you very soon. My, my, it is a beautiful sunny day today, and I haven't even stepped outside. Do you know how I know? I woke up this morning, and I heard some birds chirping outside my bedroom window. They were chirping so loudly and so beautifully, it was almost as if they were singing. Birds tend to chirp like that when the sun is shining, especially early in the morning. I'm not sure why. Maybe you do? Maybe the sun makes them happy, just like the sun sometimes makes people happy. Living in the Pacific Northwest can be a little hard sometimes because there is so much rain, and rain sometimes makes me sad. But rain also makes trees grow, and the trees provide homes for birds, and the birds provide us with their bird songs to let us know when it's not raining. Hmm, so when you think about it, without the rain, we wouldn't know when it's not raining. Wow, I thought I was an O&M specialist, not a science teacher or a philosophy professor. Well, seems fitting that we'll jump right into the topic of today's episode, which happens to be landmarks and clues. Sounds like a Jeopardy category if you ask me. Landmarks and clues. Uh, I'll take landmarks and clues for 200, Alex. All right, that's enough of my joking for one day. So what are landmarks and what are clues? How are they different? How are they similar? And most importantly, how do they help with your O&M skills? Well, in order to understand landmarks and clues, we first have to be able to identify and recognize people, places, and things using our different senses. For example, we can use the sound of a tree down. Hey, what was that? Is that the trivia tiger? Hey there, tiger. We don't do trivia until later on in the show, remember? You don't come in until after we talk about today's topic. And then it's your turn. What are you doing? Are you trying to tell me something? Okay, never mind then. Back to what I was saying about clues. Hey, why do you keep interrupting? Remember what I just said? It's not your turn yet. Hey, wait a minute. I see what you did there, tiger. 
You are smart. You're trying to help me teach, aren't you? Okay, okay. I get it now. You are a tiger, and the way I recognize that it's you is by your roar. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yes, that makes sense. Your roar helps us to identify you, just like my voice helps my students identify me. Or the sound of a bird helps us to know that there are birds nearby. But can we identify things by touch too? Of course we can. We know what a car feels like based on our experience with cars. We know what grass feels like. Even just the smell of grass can let us know there is grass nearby. What about something like a fire hydrant? Could you identify a fire hydrant just by smelling or listening to it? No, but maybe if you felt it, you could. What does a fire hydrant feel like or even look like? How would you describe it to someone? You see, the older we get, the easier it is for us to describe and figure out what things are based on our experience with them. What we can hear, touch, taste, smell, and can or can't see. Being able to identify things is the first step in understanding landmarks and clues. So back to my original questions. What are landmarks and what are clues? Well, essentially, they are just about anything that's in your environment that's identifiable. Anything that you can either touch, smell, hear, taste, or see. And why are landmarks and clues important for your O&M skills? Well, because landmarks and clues give you information about where you are. For my really keen listeners out there, just remember that the words landmark and clue both have the letter L in them. L is also the first letter of the word location. So in essence, landmarks and clues give you information about your location. And the only difference between landmarks and clues is that landmarks are usually always there and clues are only sometimes there. Let me break it down for you. Let's say you're walking down the sidewalk in your neighborhood. You've only been walking for less than a minute and you notice a sprinkler turn on. But how do you know it's a sprinkler? Well, throughout your life, you've heard many sprinklers, and so you're pretty certain it's a sprinkler, even without getting too close to it. Maybe you hear its familiar sound, or you feel a gentle mist on your skin. Good job, you've successfully identified a sprinkler. And as you take a couple more steps, you notice the sidewalk underneath your feet starts to slope down a bit. A driveway? You think to yourself, you reach over to your left and feel a concrete wall. Ah, uh, yes. You then say to yourself, I must be near Penny's house. And who is Penny? Well, let's just pretend that she's your next door neighbor. You've known each other for a long time and she is someone that you trust. Penny has a nice front yard that she takes good care of. So she waters it every day with a sprinkler. In front of her house, there is also a driveway where she parks her car, and there's also a short concrete wall that sometimes she lets you sit on. The sound of the sprinkler, the feeling of the slope of the driveway under your feet, and the feeling of the concrete wall with your hand 
are all types of clues and landmarks that let you know you are at Penny's house. They all tell you information about your location. You're not sure if Penny is home today, but you continue on your walk. After about five minutes, you decide to turn around. You think to yourself, once I get to Penny's house, I'll be almost home. I can't wait to get home. There's a plate of snacks in my kitchen and I'm starving. So you rush back along the same route, listening for that sprinkler. You say to yourself, once I hear that sprinkler in Penny's front yard, I'll be almost home. You walk faster and faster and faster, anticipating the sound. But the longer you walk, the more worried you get. Hmm, where is that sprinkler? Shouldn't I be at Penny's house by now? I heard it before. Little did you know that after you walked past Penny's house the first time, she came out of her house and turned off the sprinkler. So even though the sound of Penny's sprinkler was a good clue for you at first, there was no guarantee that it would be there five minutes later. You were so focused on finding the sprinkler that you weren't paying attention to when your feet crossed over the slope of her driveway. And before you know it, oh, you're lost. And that, my friends, is why it's very important to know the difference between landmarks and clues. So, what if, instead of looking for the sound of the sprinkler on the way back home, you looked for something more reliable? Something you knew would be there when you passed by it again. The slope of the driveway, under your feet, and the concrete wall next to the driveway are considered landmarks, since there is a very, very strong chance they will be there the next time you pass by. During route travel, the trick to not getting lost is to pay attention to your landmarks, first and foremost. Clues are helpful, yes, but only briefly. Landmarks, on the other hand, give you a much better sense of orientation and confidence. And landmarks don't even have to be something you can touch. They can be something you can feel or hear, too. Maybe every time you walk along a certain route, you can hear an echo off of a nearby building's wall. That echo is a landmark that lets you know where you are along your route. Or maybe every time you walk towards the back of a grocery store, you feel slightly colder than you did at the front of the grocery store. That change in temperature is a landmark that lets you know that you are probably near the refrigerator section. So in conclusion, landmarks and clues tell you information about where you are. How are landmarks and clues different though? Clues tend to be temporary, meaning they're only there sometimes, and landmarks are more permanent, meaning they're usually there all the time. Oh, did you hear that sound? The Trivia Tiger's back, letting us know that finally, yes, it's trivia time. So before we do anything else, let's talk about those trivia questions from last week, shall we? I got lots of responses from those of you who contacted me. Thank you so much for your guesses. Remember question one? The question was, what color is a stop sign? 
Mohammed, Crystal, Zoe, and Charles correctly answered that one. A stop sign is red. Now, there is a reason why stop signs are red. Red is often a color that represents something serious or even dangerous. It means pay attention. Stop signs are red to get the attention of drivers. When they drive up to a stop sign, the law is that they must stop and wait for any perpendicular cars or people who might be crossing in front of them. If a car doesn't stop at a stop sign, something dangerous could happen. What other things in the community are red? Can you find anything else that might be painted or printed red in order to get your attention so that you stay safe? The second trivia question was, what is a surge as it relates to O&M? We had a few guesses from our listeners on that one. Turbo Man, Crystal, Zoe, and Charles all said that a surge has something to do with cars. And some of you made it a little more complicated than it had to be. But what's the real answer? A surge is when a car starts to go from a stopped position. Simple as that. Hmm. Where do you think we can find cars starting to go from a stopped position? Where do cars stop and then go? Stop and then go. Think about it. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Well, if you're thinking stop sign, we are on the same page. Do you have any stop signs in your neighborhood? If so, how many can you find? Take a walk this week. See how many surges you can identify at all the stop signs you find. All right, that's enough for the review. Let's get on to the trivia for this week. Remember, I'm going to ask you two questions. If you think you know the answers, reach out and tell me your guesses. Question one, what is the difference between a parallel street and a perpendicular street? Question two, what is a road camber? All right, that about wraps it up for the day, but we have one more segment that we absolutely cannot forget about. It's time for the profound sound. We had many guesses this last week with the profound sound, including a coffee grinder, a paper shredder, a dishwasher. I will say that some of you were close, some of you were closer. And I think the winning guess goes to Turbo Man in Tualatin. A second attempt gave him the answer of a blender, which is the correct guess. It is, in fact, the blender in my kitchen. I was making a nice fruit smoothie for myself. Gotta stay healthy during this time of quarantine. Way to go, Turbo Man. Ask your mom for a high five. Okay, here we go, everyone. The moment you've all been waiting for. I have for you a brand new, profound sound in three, two, one. Here it is again. And one last time. Remember to send me your guesses, send me your thoughts, send me your questions. Make sure to get out there, take a walk this week. See how many clues and landmarks you can identify. Tell me about anything else you can find. And don't forget, my phone number is 360-852-1810. My email is tracy.spohn at symbol wssb 
www.wa.gov. This is Tracy signing off. I'll talk to you again on our next episode of Homebound for Adventure. Homebound for Adventure, where home is spelled H-O-M-M-E. Because even in the home, O-N-M can always be found. Keep it up, everyone, and have a great week. If this life is one act, why do we lay all these traps? We put them right in our path when we just want to be free. I will not waste my days making a bond.